Welcome to another episode of Botox and Burpees. I'm Dr. Sam Ree, plastic surgeon and CrossFit coach, host of this podcast where we talk about plastic surgery, CrossFit, and everything in between. You can find more information at our website, BotoxandBurpees.com, and make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. I think when I see the really good conditioned athletes, there's a couple things that they do well. They know their pacing. Yep. They know their conditioning. Yep. And aware. They're aware of their condition. And the better they get at it, it's one of those chicken and egg things. The better you get at it, the better you get at it. Right. And then they, they can come back again and again and work out more often because right. they can recover better, yeah. which means that they're training better, yes. which means it snowballs. Yes, it's a huge snowball effect. And that, to, to build off that, we, I, I have a debate with this sometimes with some of my like very fit friends, and I don't want to act like I'm right, they're wrong, but I do talk about a pace within a workout. And I think I'm going to start doing this at Bison where we do a workout on a Tuesday and then next Thursday we do the same exact workout. And I will take your Tuesday score and tell you to beat that score. But build the pace. Like we just did a 10-round workout on Friday. It was three clean and jerks on the heavy side, six chest bar, nine bar facing burpees. If I make the gym do that two weeks again, two weeks ago, sorry, in two weeks, Mm -hmm. and I said, hey, this was your time, I want you to build a per-round pace off that score and beat it. And now you don't need to beat it by two, three minutes, but I want to ask you this, right? My, my time in that workout was, let's say Aaron was around 15 minutes, mm-hmm. all right? So that's about a minute 30 per round. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee his first round was done in 50 seconds. And then he started right away on a second round. Mm-hmm. And it, you get this misnomer in your head that I'm working hard because I'm breathing really heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm working really hard because I feel like crap mid-workout. Mm-hmm. And this is something I'm working on with my coach right now. But if I, let's keep it to Aaron. If I said, Aaron, do that workout next Tuesday, every minute 30, start a new round. He might get the same exact score. Mm-hmm. Which way do you think he'll feel better doing? Yeah, the second way. Absolutely. Yeah. So what happens when you feel better? You move better. Right. It's safer. Right. Less chance of you getting hurt. Right. And also, lastly, it makes you push at the end. Yep. Like you can, you can really go after, man, I have a lot of extra juice in my last, last two rounds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sprint to the finish line rather than crawl myself out of the gym to get to the bay door so I can take off my mask and take a, uh, a fresh brush of air. So that's the thought I want people to think about in relation to conditioning. It's not only getting your heart rate up as high as you can and trying to fight through it and hope that you're going to get to the other side okay. Mm-hmm. It's think about your paces and think about how long certain things take and how do I train that? It's about your approach. Like, how do you approach a workout mentally prior to starting? And that's, again, a lot of this, some of this, these things we're talking about you can do on your own, but yeah. some of them, you're going to need a little bit of assistance. Absolutely, sometimes. yeah. And again, it's like right now, like I, I have a coach right now, and it's not because I can't program for myself. It takes a lot of pressure off you to just plan it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking about doing this. I mean, I don't know when this podcast is going to get released, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about reprogramming that workout from Friday mm-hmm. next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And writing down on the whiteboard, if you were this time, this is how long your rounds took. Mm-hmm. If you were this time, this is how long. And I want you to follow that mm-hmm. per round until the last three rounds. How do you feel at that point? And then can you push forward from there? Like, I'm not going to do that for every member every day. But, like, right. at some point, you need that kind of that kind of like the outside voice, the unbiased voice to help you out. And that's where, yeah, extra programming can come in or honestly spend more time on it at home before you come to the gym. Mm -hmm. How about you spend five minutes less on Instagram and just think about your workouts if you actually care about it that much. 
You know, it's funny because that's what we were doing for these open workouts. A lot of them are pacing. A yes. lot of them is per round calculations. This, and I saw these athletes absolutely. doing so much better yeah. once they were like, okay, I want to start this first round and finish it. Not in 50 seconds, yep. but a minute 30. There's not one elite athlete in CrossFit that does not have a very specific pace for each round of the workout. Not one. Hey, if you're trying to get to the games, go for it. Have fun. Good luck. We'll help you out. But I'm not saying you have to have that mindset to take in that approach. But why would you not take the practice, the idea, the approach of someone on that level and put it into your own practice? Because at the end of the day, you're trying to be here the fittest version of yourself, mm -hmm. the healthiest version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Some of you guys, the most competitive version of yourself. Mm -hmm. There is not one elite athlete that goes into a workout without a pace plan. Not one. All right, so then let's talk about the thing that it seemed like the open tested least, but strength is the strength. Part. Yep. Yeah. So that's common, right? Like after the first two weeks, all of our big lifters are like, when are we going to get a barbell? <laughs> you know, <laughs> no barbell yet, you know, no heavy weight, which I get, trust me, because there have been a couple of opens in the past where at some point you're moving some serious weight. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say this about that strength is important and I do think, and I'm gonna give you guys some subjective, my opinion metrics that you should use with the barbell if you wanna make that top 10%. If you wanna be a top 10% quarterfinalist, I think you need to clean and jerk over 225, right? Come in any day and be like, hey, go clean and jerk 225, go get warmed up and do it. I think you need to snatch over 175, 185. Oof, these are big numbers here. Um, and I think you need to I think I don't want to go into the back squat yet, but I would say the deadlift, you need to deadlift 315 for reps. Be able to pick and pick that thing up back and forth, up and down. Not because I think they're going to be tested year to year. I have no idea what the tests are going to be to year, but I think all that goes into getting those numbers there. How about the women's side? Can you give me some numbers yes. for the women? Yeah, that's a good point. So the clean and jerk, 155 for girls. You should be able to get that weight above your head. Again, not just like on your optimal one rep max day, like any day, if I told you to come in and clean and jerk that, you should be able to get that there. And then all these women listening are like, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet, be... I'm not there yet. And yeah. again, if you're not there, you're not screwed, but you need to be really good in somewhere in some other area. If you can't clean and jerk 155 women, mm -hmm. you need to be able to go bang out, I would say 10 muscle ups in a minute, or be able to do 25 burpees in a minute, rest a minute, then do it again like the ability to re recover conditioning wise. Mm -hmm. And again, you could probably say, Dave, you're making these numbers up in your head and mm -hmm. I am, right? But it's based off my experience with athletes that I've worked with mm -hmm. that have made the top 10% or numbers that I've seen people not be able to get and they're on the outside looking in. And I will say this, these numbers seem unattainable to some people and maybe you will never achieve them, Possibly. but their goals you can keep working towards. Pushing yourself towards, and yeah. And you'd be surprised if you can't clean and jerk 155, how close a lot of athletes could actually get to that and be like within shouting distance. Right. And that's fine. It is. And again, if you're close to these numbers and you're good in other areas, you can, again, that's right. what the CrossFit model is. But again, let's stick with this, right? The 155 for the for the women on the clean and jerk. Okay. The snatch, I think you need to approach 125. Okay. Right? And then the deadlift, you're approaching 225. Okay, those are numbers that I would think, hey, if you can move that kind of weight, that mm -hmm. means you're strong enough mm -hmm. to be in the top 10%. Mm -hmm. It's not a rule that you need to lift those, but I'm just saying if you're not, right. you got to be pretty good. You need to make up for it somewhere else, right. whether it's gymnastics and or engine. You need to have muscle-ups. You need to be able to string together 10 chest bars, 10 toes bar. Oh, I can't do any of this. You're getting overwhelmed right now. You know mm -hmm. what? 
the people that are in the top 10% this year, they couldn't do it at some point either. Right. You know? None of, yeah, all of they them couldn't. started and progressed up to. And we, within this sport, there's things that are going to always get exposed, and part of it is luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to come across as someone like that. I have all this right this year. If there was a high volume pistol workout, mm. I might be screwed. Like we all have our weaknesses and they might get exposed in the open. So if you're out there being like, I can't lift those weights. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it's not a big deal this year. Honestly, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. If you were really good at moving your body weight this year, mm. you were good at double unders. Mm. You were good at gymnastics, mm-hmm. a, a, a crappy lift at the end of the open. You probably still would have been fine. But I still think these are numbers that you should have in the back of your head that if you can become well-versed with those barbell numbers, you can do it. So, again, we're talking about the strength component of CrossFit right now. Mm-hmm. We already talked about conditioning. Mm-hmm. We already talked about moving your body. If you want to be competitively strong, mm-hmm. those are the numbers I think you need to hit. You also mentioned, we, we talked about this before the workout or before the podcast, getting more comfortable at moving medium weight. So that's what everyone can do, right. too. Right, exactly. Like a 95-pound, thr- 95-65 thruster. Some look at that as I'm going to get buried by it. That's a medium weight. Mm-hmm. So just know, I think it's, it helps a CrossFitter to know what is a medium weight for each lift. Mm-hmm. All right. And again, ask a coach. If you're around a seasoned coach that's been around this for a long time, they can tell you what a medium weight is for every lift. They should be able to. Right. Now, there are, again, this is again how you're built. If you have, if you're slow twitch dominant, mm-hmm. you're, more likely to be able to move 80 to 90% of your weight for multiple reps over and over. Where if you're more fast twitch dependent, you would have a really hard time moving 80 to 90%. Example, from Legends, let's talk about that kid Dustin, right? That kid yeah. clean and jerk 365, mm-hmm. he got buried by a 225 thruster. And that happens, right? Where I bet his one rep, he can't move heavy thrusters back and back or over and over again when he's tired, mm-hmm. but he could probably move a one rep max weight. He's a fast twitch dependent athlete, right? Where a lot of CrossFitters in this gym are a little more slow twitch where Mm. you get to the point where you can move 80 to 90% of your weight over in a workout. That's more important in the sport when it comes to the open. So let's suppose you're a woman who has C 65 pound thrusters programmed and you're like, I can do them, but I'm not going to I'll probably get time capped on this. Yep. I'm just going to go with 65 or 55. I know right. I'll go quickly. I can get through it. Should I start thinking, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself and move myself up in weight? Yeah. I, I, and again, it really t- depends on the person, the time of year, and what the workout is. But I think that if you're in this crossroads of should I RX this workout or not, and it's designed to be a medium weight, I would always say push on the heavier side. Okay. Get comfortable with that weight. Okay. But also, throughout the year, try to get as strong as you can. Don't skip the squat day mm-hmm. because you don't like squats. Mm-hmm. Don't skip the squat clean day because tomorrow is a really high-paced energy. It, this is where it becomes an individualized situation, right? Like if I had, if Susan had a goal that she wants to bang out 65-pound thruster, 65 thruster workouts mm-hmm. all day, any day, whatever the workout is, I'm going to bang those out. My approach with her would be different than Dave Boak, right. who can do the 95-pound thruster with one arm without well, thinking anything about it. I'm just thinking of a lot of the women who actually have very good strength capability, but because they want to get through the workout quickly, right. they don't want to get time capped. So yep. instead of doing 
95 pound hand cleans, yep. they'll be 85. Yeah, right. And they'll just get through it quickly, they get a bunch of rounds in, and they get a decent score, yep. as opposed to going heavy. And, and Because the guys tend to go heavy anyway. Right, Because right. of a variety Macho. of yeah, yeah, yeah. E egos ego and so forth. <laughs> yeah. It's the women that I feel are very capable. Absolutely. But because of either confidence issues or what they're afraid will be put up onto the whiteboard. It doesn't really matter, it's scaled. If I can't hit 115 clean and jerk anyway, so who cares if I do 85 versus right. 90? Yep. It's so, when it comes to moving barbells, again, this is so individualized. Like I'm trying to think about five different people in our gym that right now they're in this situation. Yes. And I really do think it's gotta come down to the individual and what their goal is, Okay. right? If your goal is this top 10% and we just gave you some numbers that you need to hit and if you're being legitimate, hey, this is my goal. I want to hit. The, I want to get to the top 10% next year, two years, three years. Mm -hmm. Then, and if you're not strong enough to hit those weights that we talked about, mm -hmm. your training should be strength biased. You know, like we're we're giving you the minimums. Mm -hmm. We're not giving you the maximums. We're giving you the minimums. If you're not at the minimum yet, mm -hmm. you need to hit those strength. You need to start hitting those strength numbers. So yes, when you have, when you're at a crossroads, you should go on the on the strength bias side, not the fast time side, mm -hmm. not the conditioning component. Right, and uh, I think there are a lot of people in this gym. I've been reminded by several women in our gym that this is a chick gym, <laughs> based on how many women made the qualifier and the men did not. Man, there's a challenge for you next year. But and and again, is is this a gender issue where like guys like to go heavy and girls go to lighter? I'm not going down that rabbit hole. But what I do think is you need to know what is your goal. This is what I, whether it's next level or bison or my friends, I want to know your goal. I really, I passionately, I want to know what your goal is. If you don't tell me what you want to do. We had one of our youngest members come up to me. Mm -hmm. One of our youngest, one of our 10 youngest members come up to me about, I'd say about four weeks ago. And says, hey, I want to do this with this sport. Mm -hmm. What can I do to get there? And we're talking about a three year project. Mm -hmm. All right, not your January 1st New Year's resolution. I hope I have this shit by the open. Mm -hmm. All right, that person right there is gonna get there because of that approach. But it's also because she came up and told me. It's really hard to tell someone your goal sometimes. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're embarrassed that if you don't get there, mm -hmm. someone else is gonna know that you didn't achieve something that you wanted to achieve. And that's, I've noticed that as a coach, that I actually like to tell other people my goal mm -hmm. because it makes me stay accountable. Yeah. And yeah, it scares the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. I get embarrassed sometimes, mm -hmm. but I want the person to come, hey, this is my goal. If your goal is to get to the top 10% mm -hmm. and you're not strong enough, the numbers we just talked about, you, have a, you, have, you need a strength bias in your training. You also mentioned non-barbell strength. Yep. So describe to me a little bit more about that. So when we talk about strength, it's always associated with the barbell, the dumbbells. What about strict pull-ups? Strict handstand push-ups, mm -hmm. strict uh, dips. Mm -hmm. Like we do those, I would say we're in a strict gymnastics mode. I'd say on average once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. There are stretches where it is every week. And I can tell you right now, it's frustrating because you're trying so hard and you're not moving. So I'm talking about some people on the strict pull-up. They, they get up there, it takes them forever and they barely get up there. And it's not fun, it's agitating, someone next to you is moving fast. And then you're like, you know what, screw that. I'm gonna go to the ring rows. I'm gonna. That is strength training right there. Your midline, when we do this hollow rocks, the weighted hollow rocks, the arch holds, even our warm-ups, right? If you don't have gymnastics strength, you're not gonna get better at muscle-ups. It's not, like muscle-ups is not you just trying harder, kicking harder, pulling harder. Like you gotta get your position stronger. I really think that strength training 
goes so far beyond the barbell, but it's not as fun and it's not as sexy and it doesn't look as cool on social media. And you don't get these big numbers next year, that next year name on the whiteboard mm -hmm. that it's overlooked. But I'm telling you right now, we have some strong athletes in this gym that can move big time weight that they don't have enough they can't move their bodies well in gymnastics mm -hmm. and it's because they don't put the same thought intensity into those movements. Yes. And Hey, I'll also take the responsibility mm -hmm. as a coach and programmer. I need to do a better job at programming work for them or giving them some help. Like, I think every coach should feel a little bit of pressure. I will say this. I feel like most athletes, cause you do program enough strength in my mind, that right. the non barbell type strength. If you actually come to the non fun, yeah, wad where you're doing the dumbbell rows and yes. the strict pull-ups and seated press yeah and all of those if you do that over the course of a year yeah you're gonna get stronger you know it doesn't work starting it in february yeah a month before the open it yeah. doesn't work you that's know? a long-term project it, it, it's and this is why we're doing this podcast the timing of this is crucial guys if you're at the, if you're at home right now listening to this and and you, this is speaking to you a little bit you're 10 months from now there are there is so much good that can happen in 10 months but it's not going to happen if you wait till January, February. So I, I want everyone to know that's where we're coming from. Sometimes when we talk like this, I don't ever want to come across as condescending. But it, it just won't work if you wait till January, February. So then what are some of the plans that you might make now? Say, you know what? I'm going to come to more Wednesdays. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I don't skip this type of workout that I know I need. So right now, like, it, it, again, this is individualized. I would say this. If you're, if one of those topics spoke to you, move your body, get better conditioning, get stronger, right? The one that speaks you to the most or the one that you know is the one that you struggle with the most, you have to get to the gym on the days where those are tested or trained, I should say, not tested. Mm -hmm. And that means you should also, like if you're already moving those weights that we just talked about with ease, I'm not going to tell you to not get stronger there. Always stay on top of it. But I better not see you on those days and not see you on the ones that you struggle with. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's just like a sign that you, you just want to chill. You're happy with where you're at. You're content. And if you are, good for you. But again, we're talking to people right now that want to take their game to a higher level. Hey, I'm on the outside looking in, top 10%. What do you struggle with? I know of a guy right now, like he destroys every bodyweight workout, mm -hmm. every running workout, mm -hmm. every jump rope workout. Mm -hmm. He walks in with this demeanor on those days, like he's gonna dominate the gym, right? Mm -hmm. On the strength days, slouching, mm -hmm. quiet. And I'm not telling you, that, I don't wanna tell someone how to act. I want to help you approach the workouts the correct way. Mm -hmm. Be excited mm -hmm. about the days that you struggle with because that is the door that you need to open to get to the, whatever your goal is for the, in, in regard to the open. If you don't walk through that door, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna get there. You're gonna be filled with hope. Hope doesn't work. It speaks to me in the sense that when you come to the gym and you put yourself through it because you want to get better. Of course, we should enjoy our strengths because we all have strengths. Absolutely. Ultimately, how much better are you gonna get enjoying your strengths versus right. shoring up and working on your if, weaknesses? If CrossFit performance is your goal. All right, and this is something we'll dive into down the road a little bit, like health versus, health versus performance. But if you want to perform better, you can't ignore the weaknesses. You can't ignore what you're bad at because it's always going to be there. 
it's just always like those strength lifts, it's going to pop up every year. I told a few guys there already since the open, I was like, oh, you want to get to the top 10% of the year? Awesome. Let's work on it. That lift needs to be better next year. It has to be. And that might take you a full year of strength training. Or other people are like, hey, I really want to get to the top 10%. All right, that wall walk workout, you have to get better at that stuff. If you hope something like that doesn't pop up, good luck. And I know a lot of people will be motivated just to get to do the te- to try to attain the top 10% just for the sake of getting to t- yep. the top 10%. But right. I will tell you this, just shooting for it will make you a healthier person. Absolutely. I, if you believe in the CrossFit methodology, which I do, or you do, being a better CrossFit athlete yeah. makes you a healthier person. Absolutely. Being a top, an awesome runner does not necessarily make you a healthier person. Yeah, same with the bike. And or any of these single... power lifter. Yeah. You know, single modalities. Yes. And so if you're a great runner, you're great at gymnastics, and you suck at lifts, then how are you going to be a healthier person? By running better, yeah. by doing gymnastics better. Yeah. No, it's, it's working on your weaknesses because that's not just going to help you shoot into the top 10%. Right. It's going to make you a stronger, healthier person. Absolutely. And vice versa. If you are an awesome lifter and you have problems with body weight movements yep. or, or with your medium to long aerobic capacity, right. is a power lifter who deadlifts 600 pounds a super healthy person? Yeah. Not no. particularly. Yeah. Yeah, no. But if that power lifter can also run a mile within a decent time, yeah. can do, do Murph. Can yeah. Do, yeah, and we have great lifters, but they can also do bar muscle-ups, yep. and they also have great aerobic capacity. Are they healthy? Absolutely they're yep. healthy. And well those said. are the ones that are going to shoot for the 10%. Well said. Yeah. How do you keep the passion or the fun in training? Because we're talking super serious, yeah, but right. in order to enjoy it for the whole year, yeah. what do we, what do, we do, know, do to th- do that? This is a side gig for pretty much everybody. This is a very small part of a life. Even though you come here every day or four days a week, five days a week, we're, I'm fully aware this is a side gig for most people. This is not something that they're thinking about the way I think about it or you think about it. How do you keep the fun in it? Find people that you enjoy being around. I think that's why we're at Bison. Yeah. 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 Find people that you can, you don't have to be friends with them. You don't need to text each other all day. But there are people that I, I come here and I like working out with them. I wake up at times I don't want to wake up at because I want to work out with them. And it keeps like the fire lit. Like I know like when I'm really struggling, it's usually because I'm working out by myself too much. And that's part of what I have to do right now. But I know that if you can find some people that, and it doesn't have to be this one person, two people, if you can find some people that you can relate with and you work hard when you're around them, make that. We try to make some fun events here, whether it's the Open, the Bison Bowl, Mm -hmm. some local competitions. I think it's really smart for people that have a, a competitive goal, such as the top 10%, to find a local comp once or twice a year to keep the fire burning, put yourself in an uncomfortable environment and just makes you stay honest with your training. And at the end of the day, like we are, this is a pretty serious conversation that this is supposed to be fun. And I think that's partially on the coach's responsibility to make sure it's not too drill sergeant-esque, but also joke around and talk to each other. But just know that nothing about this really defines you. If you get to the top 10% or not, no one's really gonna remember in a couple of years. I think it's something for you. But I think you are going to remember and you are going to feel how healthy you are two, three years from now. And just know this is an all-encompassing thing. I think you're right. It's a side gig for most people. But we as coaches care a lot about every athlete. Yeah. When I say side gig, I'm talking about the members. Right, right. The coaches, no, I, okay. I, I, right. Because so, the coaches, right. like, that is their job. Right. It is, for yeah. the athletes here, they're coming in just to work out. Yes. Sure. But they should take comfort in the fact that the coaches. Absolutely 
are taking everyone's performance very yeah. seriously, I almost which wanna, is why we talk this way. Yes, and I wish we could, I would never, but I wish we could show some like messages that we have between each other about us and also other coaches, our coaches text chain about just people. Yeah. That like, if we didn't care about you guys, like we, things would be very different here. And I think they're, we want their success as much as they want it, if not more. And success means improved Improvement, health. yes, improved health. And that's why I love the 6 a.m. class that I go to most regularly. You're right, I don't necessarily hang out with them every weekend. Right. But when I see them, and we're like working out next to each other. It helps. It's awesome. I had someone the other, I, I had one of our top athletes here tell me the other day, he's thanks for putting me next to this person. It, yeah. like, it made a huge difference. Yeah. And you don't even, this is what we talk about Saturday partner workout. Some people don't even realize like how much thought goes into that, who you're next to, who you're across from, and how much it impacts how hard you work. And that's, it's fun. And you walk out of here with your head high and be like, dude, I just did something that most people can't do. Absolutely. And no. I know this is a really serious talk, but if you care about your fitness, we care about your fitness, and you want to do better, then... It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And with the community that we have, this is where yeah. we dive deep. And this, if you take it half seriously, you'll see how much progress you can make. Yep. And using the Open, using your goals for the Open, yep. um, starting your plans now... And like you said, it's just as much about putting a little bit of thought into it, not cherry picking your workout, yeah. being coachable, yep. all those things, and which most of our athletes really do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've seen a lot of progress with a lot of our athletes in terms of open year to year. Absolutely. It's a little different this year because of how it was set up, yep. but that means it clarifies our focus yep. because now you're right. Now we have the opportunity for these all our athletes to make it to the top 10 percent yep. so of course we're going to be pushing our athletes crazy hard yep. to try to make yep. it's going to make them better it gives them something to work on if if they take it half seriously it's, they can uh, do it they can do it it just might not be next year it might not be the year after but there's right. no question i'm looking at some of the people that made it this year if you told them three years ago like you could make top percent i wouldn't believe it they wouldn't believe it. I would remember my first year cleaning 135 was a big effing deal for yeah. me. Yeah, and a like big it, deal. this is a real life example. And you don't have some like professional sport background. Nope. That like you just worked hard and you stayed consistent. We try so hard to come up with all these detailed strategies to help people out. Like it's so simple. Stay consistent, stay dedicated, and pay attention to what you're doing outside the gym. That's why I think the top 10% is so attainable for literally every single person. You just don't get to decide when, but you do get to decide if it's going to happen. And that's it. You can get every episode of Botox and Burpees wherever you listen to podcasts or go to BotoxandBurpees.com. Thanks for listening.